Oh my gosh. Welcome to the Footy Museum <laughs> podcast. I am Justin Witte and I'm joined by an, um, an exuberant co-director, Maria Van Dyke and Lee. Uh, we didn't lose. We didn't tie. We did the third thing. <laughs> oh, we meaning? Leeds United. <laughs> That's right. And you have a new coach? Yes. A lot. What a, what a difference a week makes. Mm-hmm. Well, what a difference one day makes because he didn't actually have his work visa or whatever well, until like the day he? before. His name's... Because I really need to know. <laughs> <laughs> his name's Javi. Javi Gracia. Yeah. And um, he is Spanish. Mm-hmm. And he coached in the Premier League before for Watford. That's right. He brought them to their highest ever finish. Yeah. Well, that's promising. And he was very popular with the with the fan base. Well, he's very popular with me right now. <laughs> so would you say that Leeds look different in their they win? They did. They their formation's been different than it has been. They yeah. were much more spread out on the wings and stuff. They did. They looked more patient as well. There was it, there wasn't the chaos as much. Yeah, you'd think because last week against Everton, things it wasn't just. It wasn't just that they were terrible. <laughs> Which they were. <laughs> it was also that they they were mad. Yeah. Like it's they true. like fights were breaking out and um it was tense, but the, they seemed more in control of their feelings t- <laughs> this weekend. They did. They did. And I noticed um maybe because I'm focused on the US players, but uh Weston McKenney seemed a little bit more comfortable, especially towards the end of the game where they were pushing him up front. He mm. had a lot of nice little plays, a lot of back little back passes. They, um, they love their little passes. Yeah. Those guys. Um, I wouldn't say it was a powerful shot that got them the victory. How would you describe the game-winning goal? Oops. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo! Yeah, it was... Um, it was junior junior and it it kind of it almost like he didn't hit it fully he was coming in off it was like a nice little tap he just redirected it but there was a um southampton player kind of obscuring his own goalie's view and i Mm -hmm. think it kind of nicked his ankle a little bit too it seemed like there was a slight deflection but it seemed like the goalkeeper was caught off guard doesn't matter it got in road asked like it act acted like it was the most it was it was like we beat a top six team too. It was, it was well, but in fact, out. it's just, we're not the worst. Well, you're out of the relegation zone. That's awesome. Yes. Um, and Aronson was back in the starting lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a great day for us. And it was a great day for us because major league soccer kicked off this weekend. Woo! And, um, I, I decided I was waiting on the MLS, uh, Apple TV season pass because for the last three years, I've been a, a Season ticket holder for the fire. I don't think I'm able to do that this year, so I went ahead and got the um, the season pass. And I was really impressed by the whole package. One, all the games are in the evening now. They used to be spread out all through the day. So nothing, you know, everything's starting around five, two slots, prime time. A lot of concurrent games. So mm-hmm. you can uh, choose which ones to watch. There's also a 360 show that's just bouncing through the games. That would stress me out. I would. Oh, it was good, especially when because the fire had a buy this week uh, because there's an odd number of teams in the league this year because they just brought oh. in St. Louis and they're bringing on a 30th next year. But so this year, teams will have buys. Um, How do we get that? <laughs> well, I think they're like, what's the one team no one wants to watch as we unreal the package of the Chicago fire? Uh, but the 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 video quality is so good. And what I was realizing per our discussion last week is a lot of the kits we were kind of skeptical of on the Apple broadcast look pretty nice. And I was like, wait a minute, they designed these just, just for Apple just TV. Just for TV. They like, know it's like they have scientists involved. You know, a lot of them had the bright color trim that went yeah. down to the back and that worked really well. Like New York's kit that I was not a fan of. I thought that orange the sk- trim, oh, the- the, I think it's called like the five borough kit or something. Um, and I didn't. Th- I don't know that they wear it, but I saw some announcer wearing the um, Minnesota kit, and it actually looked good on. Did the it shine? So it, I thought it was exciting, and I, there were some good games. And the most uh, shocking 
not shocking, but the most MLSy of the games is the brand new uh, St. Louis City SC, because it has to all be capitalized, <laughs> in their first ever game. A team, you know, like MLS does, they like to create things out of nothing. There was a lot of expectation for them to be absolutely horrible because no real big names, not a lot of big signings. Was it so it it's been a team for how long before they This is their first official game. No, in the MLS, but were they a team? No, this the... is not one of those um So this... there are teams like the Seattle Sounders, uh, famously uh, Montreal Impact. There were teams that existed at, uh-huh. at other levels. Cincinnati uh, was a team, you know. But even those, even like Cincinnati, when they came to MLS, they basically rebuilt the whole thing. They just kept the name. Mm-hmm. But no, there was no St. Louis. Really, they just formed this team. They formed it. They uh, got some guys three or three or four years ago. I don't know. And well, the same thing with their opponents on opening day, Austin FC, which just came into the league three years ago. And are kind of league darlings because they have a great stadium, great fan base. We've talked about uh, the kind of visual culture the fans down there have made. And their great new barcode kits or whatever. So they were the heavy favorites against St. Louis traveling to them. It was supposed to be trial by fire. Um, But St. Louis pulled off the shock win 3-2. They scored first. Um, Pretty exciting. Pretty exciting. St. Louis... uh, Austin tied and eventually went ahead and it looked like they were going to walk away with it. But then the most, did you watch any? <laughs> I dial? saw the highlights. I don't understand. What, what was, okay. So you- this is like, I think around the, in, a, in the 70th, some minute, I don't know, towards the end of the game, the Austin, an Austin FC defender, um, he had the ball clearly, totally in control. There was one St. Louis player between him and the goalie. And this player, up until a few weeks ago, actually played for Austin. <gasps> yes, that's and right. Apparently, if you watch it, the Austin FC player just very lightly and directly passes it right to the St. Like Louis Like he player. forgot that he didn't play on their team anymore. Either he didn't see him or the guy just said, hey, you know, pass me the ball. We're buds. Hey, bud. He <laughs> turns here. around. He he slots in a, a, a really well-placed shot, you know, even though he was all alone. It's like it's offsides. It's not offsides because it was a an intentional move by the defender uh, to to give him the ball. <laughs> um, so uh, it's tied, and then um, and then it's going down to the end. And then St. Louis, their one desig- one of their designated players, um, how how Klaus, the Brazilian DP for St. Louis, runs the ball down. He kind of jukes a defender and then kicks a beautiful but exhausted shot off, I think, the side of his left foot. On the ground, goes into the corner. They're up 3-2. Austin Stadium is completely uh, shocked (laughs) and quiet. And it's like... It's never quiet there. This is MLS. It's like, it's parody. It's crazy. (laughs) It's just obsessed with the new. Um, And I love it. It was great. I was very, I was very happy about everything. I, I think this new Apple TV deal is good, and it relates to an article you shared this week too about British fans with MLS. That like, you know yeah. what? Maybe MLS should just be its own weird thing. Yeah, the it was in New York Magazine, um, all about how British there are British super fans of MLS, which just seems like something that would never happen. Yeah, because it always feels like MLS is the butt of the joke. Yeah, it's been the butt of my jokes. I'll admit, <laughs> but. Of your poorly informed jokes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Look, so so these fans in Britain, they just they're like people who love America for some reason, and and all of like the weird things we offer the world. And one really funny joke, um, I think it was a quote from the Men in Blazers guy about how there are colors. Roger Bennett. Yeah, there are colors here that. Um, aren't even invented in Britain. <laughs> like that is 100% true. What? Well, and that I think it just speaks volumes to like the energy and like the craziness and the, the, like the, the smoke and the tailgating and the TIFOs and the, and the excitement that fans here have that has returned to social media this week. And I missed it a lot while it's, the break it's was totally happening. totally different, right? Like watching, 
the atmospheres at these uh, stadiums the other night, it's, it's just raucous. And I think there's some criticism that sometimes, like, well, these fans don't take it seriously. They're just partying. Who cares? You know, maybe it's like after, once you're past the midway point, like in the Premier League, it is such a tense, painful experience. I like, have it's not so, acid so to reflux. See, like, yeah. <laughs> To have like exuberant... I'm too young for acid reflux. Exuberant games full of parody and where anything can happen and nothing really matters to August. Maybe that's not so bad. I like it. And, you know, not having teams... Um, although we do have a team owned by the City Group, but otherwise largely free of state-owned teams. <laughs> um, you know, maybe there's an argument that MLS... Maybe they're right, the rest of us are wrong. I know the owners of the Super or the proponents of the Super League in Europe probably think yeah they're right there should be no threat of relegation Mm. whatsoever anyway apple tv plus coverage excellent new kids thumbs up excellent i can't wait for the fire to start next week we got to get our tickets um they did not play this week because of the buy um but i think they'll be back and i think they will follow the mode of st louis and dc united two teams chosen to buy all the experts to be the worst both with dramatic wins this weekend. I think the Fire, who have also been pegged to be one of the worst teams in the East, will show everyone wrong. Shakiri's going to come true. And they brought in 38-year-old veteran Kai Kamara. Kai Kamara, who at one point played alongside our current coach, Ezra Hendrickson. That's wow. how long he's been in the league. Um, Kai has played now, played for 10 different MLS teams. He That's incredible. He always scores a lot, but he's always kind of controversial. He um, can be a fan favorite, but always ends up in a situation where the clubs are ready to move him on. Um, interestingly, the team he has scored the most goals against, Fire. the Chicago Fire. So mm. maybe him being here all the time. He can tell them what's wrong with them. Or or maybe it's just <laughs> something about the location, like he'll score. And we ha- there's an exciting uh, young Greek player probably coming in. So I, I have faith. And we thought in honor of the, the beginning of the crazy upside down world of American top tier soccer, Woo! <laughs> we, would, <laughs> we would focus this week um, in our discussion, ongoing discussion of the design of badges and crests. Thank you, Earl of Mastery. Uh, on, uh, not quite, but... Oh, what is it? The Earl Marshall. Oh, Earl Marshall. I like Earl of Mastery. Thank you, Earl Marshall, <laughs> the head of all heraldry rules. Um, badge versus crest blah 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 listen to the last episode if you don't know what I'm talking about Um, and we'll focus on badges and designs in American soccer Maria who are you talking about this week? this week I thought we'd do something a little funky and talk about a woman's team why is that funky? It's funky because we've been talking about men's teams. So who did you choose? I chose the Portland Thorns. Ah, the Portland Thorns. Great club. Yeah, really great club. They're often, like, if not winning the league, mm-hmm. they're top finishers. So they've had three league titles in the last 10 seasons. Let's see. Uh, 2012 was their earliest season. And that's when the league formed. Okay. The National Women's Soccer League. And the origin of their badge is, I think, pretty fun. They've had a lot of really high-profile players. Yes. Haven't they? So two of their current um, high-profile players who both play for the women's national team are Becky Sauerbrunn. Okay, yeah. And Crystal Dunn. Okay. Um, are, are the Thorns, they... Um, are they affiliated with the Timbers? They are. They're owned by the Timbers or by the same company as the Tinders. Tim, sorry, the t- Timbers. Uh, so it was in 2011, 2012, 2011, that um, they wanted to form this team. And they formed it from the old Portland Rain or from some of the resources, but then uh, bought that team, I believe, and formed the Thorns. Oh, Like okay. R-A-I-N. Oh, R-A-I-N. Because of the rain oh. in Portland. <laughs> Wow. I know, right? So, I can see why they why changed they would it. Change it. <laughs> so they, yes. And can I just say that I'm really glad they went with thorns and not roses. Oh, Because yeah. I feel like that would have been, mm-hmm. or like petals. Yeah. Or like. 
the pastels flowers <laughs> um also i know they probably just went with thorns because then they can have pt and pt oh, portland timbers, timbers and, and portland thorns. thorns but i like it so how they developed this branding was in a very cool way because they actually went with a designer who was a big supporter of the timbers a man named brent diskin okay. and he was a graphic designer and he made a ton of really cool posters for the timber supporter group and they so they knew timbers being one of the the first top u.s teams that really had a strong supporter yeah culture. and yeah. actually i think one of the reasons why the thorns are so successful as far as their support goes is because the timbers supporters really took on the thorns and they like yeah, they they set all, like all the records for attendance records in the league. They're like reaching twenty thousand people in the stands, which is pretty cool. So they got in touch with that is a very cool uh, field too. It's a former baseball field, I believe, and the baseball team that played there. There's a a documentary on Netflix, and it was like Kurt Russell's dad owned it or something like that. Fascinating. Yeah, sorry, Gary. <laughs> so Brent Diskin who was making these really cool like propaganda style posters for the club. They got in touch with him and he developed their crest or their badge, which I was actually surprised that a man designed this. So it's a circular shape in black with an inner ring that's like a dark foresty green, somewhere between forest and Kelly. And then like at the center of the black circle, there's a graphic rose in red and surrounding that is a crown of thorns and then on the outer rim it says portland thorns fc and the f and the c are in two four-pointed stars that come from the portland flag it's very it's very you know in the show portlandia how they say the 90s never the dream of the 90s is alive in portland Portland. (laughs) it looks very much like a Tattoo from the 90s. Yes, it looks like a tattoo. Like a Celtic Mm -hmm. sort of design. Celtic. The reason why I was kind of surprised this was designed by a man is because, um, I don't really know how to say this, but are you familiar with the film Teeth? No. (laughs) I don't want to explain it. (laughs) (laughs) No, you have to give a brief synopsis. Well, let's just say this young woman... Oh, does she grow teeth in part of her anatomy? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Okay. (laughs) So, I don't know. Flowers are always used as, like, a symbol for female anatomy, and it's surrounded by this ring of thorns, and it just feels very feminist to me in this, like, Portland-y, Giorgio, Keefe-y way. But also, I mean, um, that's... that's (laughs) That the teeth film does bring up a very vivid image, but um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but like the NW, NWSL and U.S. Women's Soccer Player, and, and and very specifically the Portland Thorns uh, supporters and players have been outspoken yeah. in a lot of issues, including with their own club. with their own club and their own coach, because their own coach was um, accused of and let go for sexual misconduct. Right. One of many issues. NWSL in recent years, mm-hmm. yeah. And also, like, the club kind of covered it up. So that's, yeah, it's very, like, and, of course, this design was made before any of that happened, but it's it's one of those things where it's like, ah, can women not get a break yeah. at all? So, well, yeah, yeah I think that's, about like, like, all this... I can see when I look at this, and I think that's part of it. Well, I think when that whole scandal, um, and it was, it also very much affected the red stars in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in Orlando is one of the worst places, not just abuse, but also the psychological treatment of players by mm-hmm. a lot of male coaches was really horrendous. Yeah. So interesting imagery that already existed, but in light of things that happen in women's sports relating to abuse. So, yeah, I mean, I thought of that before I even knew about uh, all of those issues. Like when I've seen this before in the past, I'm like, hell yeah, that's a cool logo. <laughs> it is. I mean, it is. I was joking about the 90s, but it's it's do not F with this club is what no, this logo No, it's what it like. says. And they've gone through not very many redesigns. They add stars for their league wins. Yeah. 
And right now they have a version that's all monochromatic and the rose red, which looks nice um, applied onto different appliques. Whenever I, oh, and then they have this in their Ooh, shop, they have this, this cool nice. like little hanky thing that, or it's a blanket. It looks is like it a hanky, <laughs> it's a full blanket, but it's, they change the tea towel. No, it says blanket. It's their champion's blanket. It, it looks like a hanky, but I'm sure if it arrives on your porch, it, it will be large like a blanket. Um, and they they did it the the crest, the badge in black and red and gold. And it's quite nice. And Portland fans are also known for pretty phenomenal tifos. Yes, they are. And I mean that just goes to show you, like with their um, supporter group that's so passionate and shows up. It's pretty cool. And a lot of these recent ones are all about how like the club belongs to the fans. The club belongs to the players. It doesn't belong to all the people who, um, who the owners, the owners and, and anybody who covers up abuse. And this is the supporters group is the Rose city, the Rose city riveters. Okay. And the timbers is the timber army. Right. Yeah. So yeah, they've, they've got a lot of really cool stuff going on. The great thing about Providence Park, where both uh, the Thorns and the Timbers play, is yeah, it was a baseball field, and I did look. It was Kurt Russell's uh, father, Bing Russell, was at one time Bing. owner. You don't hear that name a no. lot. No, and um, this is another team. At least the um, the Timbers. I, I I don't know if it's true in the Thorns that there were teams before they were in MLS, and then kind of uh, got moved up to the top tier. So I don't know if, if the rain. The rain, that's right. So they were both <laughs> existing, so there's this culture. Um, and the stadium's right downtown, but they've adapted it quite a bit, so it's very soccer-specific now. But because it is baseball design, there is a curved area that would what be what you imagine behind home plate. Right? So oh. if you think about a baseball stadium, yeah. and it has this subtle curve to it, and it makes a perfect stage for these TIFOs. Oh. So they're able to hoist them up from the upper deck in this curved area and it's like perfectly behind one of the goals. It's really, you can see in that picture there, the curve of it. Yes. Yeah. So originally oh, that okay. was the stand behind home plate and those were the stands. Now it's exclusively uh, for for soccer and they've built a lot of expansions and it's regularly listed as one of the best atmospheres in both NWSL and MLS. Um, but that's great. I really love that. One, one thing I like in this kind of um, collaboration between these two things, well, two things I like. I like that the Thorns have their own name mm-hmm. and it's not yes. just, right. you know, the, like the most infuriating thing being a female athlete and like when I was playing in high school and we were the Eagles, but they'd always be like, the Eagles are playing this week. Uh, this and then the lady eagles are playing and we were like what's a lady eagle we're eagles too <laughs> it is like nothing's more demeaning than being absolutely do- so i like that they have their own name um i also like that there's this uh kind of brother sisterhood between these two teams and they do they in their shop, if you look, they do some collaborative designs. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have this one in support of Ukra- Ukraine and peace in Ukraine. Um, that's an axe crossed with a rose within a shield. They actually did a, a benefit um, game, and I believe both teams uh, were mixed-gendered but oh. fell, and included some coaches and to raise funds. I remember that from last year. Yeah. Um, no, it's great. It, it's it's a great example of the two teams sharing not only a space but a culture mm-hmm. and the support from the fans. I feel like with the with the fire, that's a big issue because the Red Star are much better than the fire. <laughs> I mean, they made the playoffs last year. They have some great, um, like some of the top uh, women's national team players. Um, I think when they were both in Bridgeview, there's a little bit more crossover because you would go to fire games and there'd be representatives from the Red Stars. Mm. Um, but they have different owners, um, it's, so it's a little oh, separate. A little bit less. But I, I would love to see that that pairing because, one, we can have a winning team to support. No, I, I mean, I, I have faith in the fire. But I'm just saying, but I think it's a great model um, and it's reminiscent of some of these sport club models we've talked about in other countries, you mm-hmm. know, how it's like, expansive so 
And I think NWSL, that's pretty normal with the team names. They yeah, don't they don't. Do that. They don't just take off of the men's, even though they have this same ownership and partnership. It's how is that in England? Because in England, I know it's I know exploded. Th- it's really exploded. The women's game in Europe has mm-hmm. massively but exploded. But it's the women's. It's the same name, but it's the women's team. It's almost like Lady Eagles. Okay. Uh, but it seems like the people are a little bit. I don't know. When you're in high school, like everyone's a jerk. So. Oh, that's true. <laughs> so like, it's, it's breaking not, news. I don't, I don't remember. It was, you know, it was quite a while that we were. It was hard to learn on the back of those buggies as we were hanging out. <laughs> like, you, you only went to tenth grade, right? What? No, there were no numbers. It was like counting, counting, lifting, working. Those were the three categories. <laughs> I made it to counting. Um, well, that's great. I. Um, I did choose to talk about some uh, MLS uh, badges. Um, and one thing I wanted to mention about this weekend, the launch, is embracing all things MLS. It is very corporate in a way that it, there is unified decisions that you can tell. Since it is, um, the teams are controlled by the league at a level that they aren't in other leagues, you know? They're like all part of Major League Soccer. Mm. And there are rules made about everything that they all have to follow. And there is a kind of a uniformity in the the designs, obviously, the kits, everything. So on the one side, that's not as interesting in terms of culture and history. But visually, the impact is like, well, these are all pretty decent across mm. the board. I mean, there's some that, that aren't great. That's not to say there haven't been... Um, some mistakes made along the way. Anytime you have wealthy owners um, and um, board members deciding the visual identity what? of a club. <laughs> and it would have been easy this week to talk about the fire and their infamous rebrand and then followed by a year of rebrand. Um, but we can't just talk about the fire. The two, I'm going to focus on two teams. Uh, one, one of the original teams, uh, one of the earliest teams in Major League Soccer, the Columbus Crew, um, and then um, Montreal Impact, now known as Club de Foot. The Montreal? So Columbus Crew, like I said, was one of the earliest teams along like the New England Revolution, um, the Fire, the Galaxy. So they've been around since, um, pretty much since close to the inception. And when they first came into the league, they had a badge that was very much in line with a lot of the um, MLS badges that came in at the time. There was this very like, we're American. (laughs) We know how to do stuff. (laughs) Kind of the opposite of what happens now. We're not trying to echo European culture. We're doing totally different. So it is, it is, it is a, um, the shield is kind of a curved top and then a sharp peaked bottom, almost like shovel shape, which is no coincidence because (laughs) at the top it says, uh, crew with a little skyline and and yellow inside a black outline. And then there are three men um, with hard hats on, arms crossed, one central, two to each side, like they're ready to get to work. I think this is the most like, um, if I saw this as a club sign, I would Uh know that it was a club for men who liked men, and that's fine. <laughs> I'm just saying that's definitely the vibe of the of the I crew, would, even with the name, like I would the crew. Never guess soccer. <laughs> well, I would just, guess a dozen things before I guess soccer. <laughs> a couple things that come to mind, um, like a dance group that's <laughs> like a like auditioning for mid Ohio like break dance. They're group. like on America's Got Talent, and they're they're like we're the crew, and they like pop and lock, but not very well. Um, and they have like a worker theme so it's we're like i don't know a stripper group or something it does it does look like magic mike there's so many there's so many issues it's it was clearly designed we know like like mid 90s when people were enamored with the new abilities of adobe Mm -hmm. and it's like oh we can take an image and simplify it to like two-tone um the issue is something like this does not translate well because it's so um photographic you know it's basically a a filter over a photo of these three guys uh-huh. so as a badge it's just it's it doesn't also, make any I sense no it's like the the gray background with the 
Like if I if it yeah, was the, the, if I should was, mention the figures are are um, just black and white, and they're above like a gray background. It's everything about <sighs> it is really it, it it it. Speaking of high school, it looks like a high school or at least high school designed. And then the name, the crew, a, a pretty good high school, but still, yeah, high like school. okay, yeah, like the top, top of the line. Like, hey, did you hear about Jared's new dance crew? <laughs> the crew, the Columbus crew. You don't want to mess around. <laughs> Those guys are real. But the hard hats are going to regionals. It's <laughs> like an acknowledgement. I think of like minors from the area, so they're definitely trying to push forth like tough guy thing. And it's one of those like. The crew, it's a dumb name, but like with any, what name is good? After a while, it has its own history and it is what it is. And the crew, as they became known, and they weren't alone, right? They're entering the league with the Tampa Bay Mutiny, the Chicago Fire, the LA Galaxy, the New England Revolution. But I mean, these are very like... um, their names. These are marketing names like on a weekend. We've all sat through marketing meetings and I feel safe in the space to say... It's not a pleasant place to be. Um, and um, But they had success, and they early on formed a very popular um, fan base. As the league continued to grow, a lot of these early MLS teams had, had to readapt, and they were slower to readapt because they had a model that worked when the league first started, and they kind of stuck with it. And so when you get to around 20... 13, 20, 14, you know, you have a lot more teams in the league. It's things are a lot more professional. MLS has grown a lot. And all of a sudden these teams like the crew and, and I would say the fire and, and revolution, how they had been operating, but also the look, uh, the age of their stadiums just wasn't up to par. So they um, had a new owner come in, um, I think around 2013, um, and in 2014, he made some um, adaptations to their stadium uh, that was uh, basically, again, a really good high school stadium. It was their stadium. It was like uh, bleacher seats. Their attendance had gone down. He decided to rebrand. And um, he did a rebrand. It's pretty good. They moved to a, it's pretty uh, funky. a circular rebrand. I would think... This is a very Bundesliga feel, yes, you like know, a Bayern uh, Munich vibe for sure. Yeah. So it is um, circle with black and yellow outline on an outer ring. And then in white letters, it's Columbus Crew. Um, he had, They have the SC for soccer club. I believe that was added at this point. Um, and then an interior circle that is divided in half. The like... Left, I would say left, but it's an angle, is a yellow and black stripes with a little shield that says 96, which is the year the team started. And then the uh, bottom is a yellow and black checkerboard, which to me is really the reference to, I don't know if it's a direct reference, but it brings up to me like a Bayern yeah. um, badge for it's, sure. That's the, the yellow and black is so Bundesliga. And it's like Dortmund and, yeah. and Byron had a, a baby in, in, in Ohio on, during spring training or during the preseason. The love child. <laughs> the American love child. But this is a good. I think they I nailed like it. it. I think one of the best things about it is the updated yellow. That's true. Yeah. It is. It's, um, it's, it was like it's not an like a orangey golden, and now it's like a neon. A straight yellow. Very clear. And it looks... It's identi- I would say it would be universally identifiable as a soccer badge. I think it yeah. still keeps the identity with the 96 and with the crew. And, and the fans loved it. It was a very popular mm-hmm. um, rebrand. Now, uh, the same owner, he also years later um, really wanted to move a stadium downtown. And... Um, Columbus wasn't meeting his demands, which I think were extensive for the city. And so he, and unfortunately, along with the support of Don Garber, the commissioner of Major League Soccer, decided that they would move the team to Austin because they really wanted, they wanted Austin to be this MLS hotbed. They said, it's perfect. It's kind of like, this is where youth culture is. This is the market we want. They want us there. The crowds in Columbus are bad. 
we can't have the downtown stadium. MLS was really focused on building downtown stadiums because they said our audience is young, they're urban. We want the walk to the stadium experience. This is very important. Um, and so he threatened to uh, move the team to Austin, and it became this this huge deal. The city of Columbus fought back, said you can't, with the charter you made with us, any team that uses public funds for any reason can't move without six months' notice. The fans really gathered together and started a whole Save the Crew hmm. movement, which caught on throughout MLS because this is a founding club. So imagine like a founding club in England decided like, oh, you know, it's not working out, so we're going to move. Like, can you imagine like if, if Liverpool was like, well, oh, we're, you know, we're now going to be, um, I don't know, that we're moving to Wrexham because football seems to be doing so well. <laughs> <laughs> All the young people are in Wrexham. So there was this uh, pushback, this fight, uh, eventually ended, I think, around 2017. Again, if the date's exactly wrong, that the, um, the club was sold again this time. The primary owners were now the owners of the Cleveland Browns. They came in. Um, they built a new stadium. It's a beautiful new stadium, one of the best in the league. Um, they had saved the club. Everyone loved them. And because everyone loved them, <laughs> So much, they said, you know what we need to do? We need to really try to screw that up. <laughs> <laughs> so what they did um, is in, in 2021, they decided without anyone asking and anyone wanted, not just a rebrand, um, but they renamed the team as well. So despite having run it by supporters groups who said, this idea is awful, we hate it, they went ahead they changed the name from Columbus Crew to Columbus SC. And then they changed the logo to what is a banner. And I, I learned... Oh, that's what it is. I learned it's also the shape of the Ohio State flag. So what it is, it's, it looks oh, like a tapered... because everyone knows that. <laughs> a tapered banner. So rectangle that's wider at the top. And then the bottom has two points. So it's weird. It looks like it's receding in space. And then, yeah, it's like a shape that you don't know what to call it. And then, throwing back to their um, their history of referencing amateur uh, dancing groups or other or other <laughs> juvenilely designed <laughs> products, in that banner there is now a very um, a large C, the ends of which are pointed in an unnecessarily um, claw-like manner. Well, it so, and it angles up following one of the points at the bottom. Um, and then for no explanation whatsoever, filling that other point of this of this banner flag is just a triangle that serves no purpose other than to make it look like a G. Yeah. And, the, and it's like a pinchy fingers uh, on the end. Pinchy fingers on the C. It looks like it's it's um like you did not keystone your projection properly. Um the spacing is weird. So if you look, if you look around the top of that little random triangle, oh. the gap between it and the center C is larger than the cent the C and the edge of the banner. I mean, it is horrible. It's pretty bad. I mean, this like there's uh, really nothing you can say about it other than what is it? It's really bad. I don't like it. I hate it. Change it. Yeah, it's clunky and awkward in in a weird way. It has no charm. But you know what? Sometimes things are terrible, but they're so charming. But you know what? They heard. They heard. The cries. The <laughs> cries. They listened to their supporters. And they said, you know what, guys? You're right. We hear what you say. So we're going to bring back the crew. And we're going to redesign. The, the crew's back, baby. <laughs> redesign the badge once again. <laughs> and what they did is they did get rid of the triangle. So it's still the banner shape, still the big pinchy C, but now where the triangle was, there's a 96, and on top it says Columbus, and underneath says Crew. Um, it's still incredibly unpopular, and it is by far the worst um, badge in the city. I think, along with a lot of people, that they should go back to their 2014 to 21 circular. I mean, they had it. So they had it. Why, why? Why do you think that they chose to mess with it? Uh, ego. Uh, 
sell more merch, I guess. I don't know. You could sell more merch. I'm going to guess a lot of it has to do with ego. Yeah. Because when you buy something and every oh. and there's a visual reminder of the old guy. You're the new you're the new okay. boyfriend. Ex-boyfriend's stuff is lying all around. Uh, okay. Like, all I right. think they just wanted to throw it out with his old CDs or something. Like change the furniture in the offices, that kind of stuff. So if you're not if you're not um familiar with this with this badge, we will post it on our website. And I want to quickly talk about a similar story that that happened to um one of my favorite cities. <laughs> um Montreal. So for a long time and before they were in MLS, the soccer team in Montreal was the impact. And one of their primary features was the Fleur de Lis. Right? So it's, you know, French speaking. Ah, yes. Why is it an italicized Fleur de Lis? <laughs> well, that the first one, you know, their first one, the club uh started. So their first I guess that's not really a badge. It's it's more of like a, their first one's more of a logo, mm-hmm. I would say. So 1993, um, there is a a in the background there is a large two tone fleur de lis. It is silver and blue. Uh, the fleur de lis is divided into four sections that alternate blue, silver, or silver, blue. So it's kind of like a checkerboard, <laughs> and it is angled because. And also an angle zooming across the surface of it is the word impact with a soccer ball seemingly shot from space over top of it. And an undercase I? Oh, no, it's an uppercase. Oh, no, it's just that's that's one of the speed lines that makes it oh, look under. action. Um, in 2012, which I believe is the year they entered um, Major League Soccer. Um, by the way, hmm. Jesse March, uh, first head coach job, Montreal Impact. Oh. Yeah. Uh, so... You know, he's gone on then to just unprecedented success Six everywhere. Success he's gone. everywhere. <laughs> Do you Six. think Southampton would have won this weekend if Jesse Marsh was coaching against Leeds? Uh, yeah. He would have been like that St. Louis City player. Yeah. Who, it like using his familiar voice like, kick the ball out of bounds. <laughs> Brendan, <laughs> Brendan. <laughs> hey. Let's kick Star. it in the other goal. <laughs> Over here. Do it. Um, so they I moved. think I just Leeds doesn't have the mental game to be able to handle <laughs> that situation, <laughs> that reality TV situation. What if he? What if they had hired him, and he came in a full um, Leeds jumpsuit, just to like, <laughs> full, like throw them off, <laughs> and then threw wine in somebody's face? Oh, oh boy. Anyway, I digress. So, um, 2012, when they came into MLS, they came in now definitely with a badge. It is. Um, a the shield is kind of a three-sided what's the name spade i guess we learned last yeah, a week pointed shield it is divided in half at the top off center is the fleur-de-lis with some circle uh, some stars off to the right side and the bottom is a blue and black stripe i don't know that it's really following the rules of heraldry but okay <laughs> there's a banner shooting across the shield that says impact montreal not great it doesn't look like something from 2012. It looks like something from 1996. Yes. So maybe they were going for like, we want to acknowledge the history of <laughs> the long of history. Major League Soccer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't think you know the the as a name impact like crew, but they weren't around as long in the league. But also, it's not really clear like what is that about. Um, You're saying it doesn't make an impact <laughs> it doesn't it's not impactful for some reason what is what is the word but the thing is like they are an interesting club they are really on again off again briefly Thierry Henry was one of their managers um he actually left just a year ago while there were still intense covid restrictions in Canada he just couldn't handle the the distance from his family they were one of the first MLS teams to go really far into the CONCACAF Champions League. When it's real cold out, they play in that grand old Olympic Stadium in Montreal, which is just crazy, gigantic, awful, and wonderful. <laughs> um, and then they have a, a charming field, uh, Stad Saputo, because the owner of Saputo cheese or food or pasta or whatever. Anyway, he's the owner of the team. 
But in 2021... Why did my stomach just rumble? <laughs> in 2021, they decided to update to a more modern badge, again, that they thought would be more internationally recognizable. It could help with their international brand. And they also decided to change the name. These teams with the name changes. Like, I get the Impact's weird name, but you have fans... It's. I mean, the fire tried to do the same thing. They tried to. They were going to be uh, Chicago FC or SC. People grow attached. I mean, that's yeah. the whole deal. I like, think you can't just part of being an American too is we have teams that have names. That's right. We have teams with names and mascots. Right, like like the Washington Generals in the NFL. That name has been around forever. <laughs> <laughs> or is it Commanders? I forget it's what they're. Commanders. The Generals are the the. Fake basketball team. Anyway, they changed their name to Club de Foot Montreal, which I actually like. It's fun because it's French. Yeah, and then CF Montreal is just uh, very nice. And then they developed what I think is a, a fabulous design. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a circular badge, and it's meant to be viewable and recognizable from any angle because um, it has the name written twice. So it is a blue outline circle, background black background with the gray so the colors stay the same club to foot montreal on the top and bottom so you can imagine spinning and then in the middle there is a wonderful snowflake type design that has arrows with i would say a callback to impact pointing in on <gasps> m's i just saw the m yeah the m's that kind of help the leaves of the snowflake and it also is a great reference anyone who's gone to montreal know that the um the remnants of the Olympics there, which was like peak 70s, 60s, 70s kind of design, is everywhere from their subway. It's definitely in the Olympic Stadium where Montreal plays. It has that vibe as mm. well. I think the logo from those games was a snowflake as well. I'm not sure. But I think it's great. It, yeah. It, it's really good. And it has a really strong sense of identity. It's unique. Uh-huh. Um, it's adaptable. It doesn't need... It's identifiable without any text whatsoever. I like that they didn't go with white for the highlighted parts. It's gray. Yeah. Because if it was white, it might look cheesy with the snowflake. Absolutely. But it's like a silver gray. It's cl- I'd say it's classy. Yeah. Um, and to someone who's only visited the city, it, it seems very in line with the city. Now, of course, there was a lot of pushback, again, because the fans are were very tied in with the fleur-de-lis as a symbol. Um tied in with the name so there was a lot of pushback um so much so that the the club just after one year decided to change and this year switch back one year well i think they ended up using it two years but they redesigned last year you Um, know it's bad if they switch it so fast oh Oh, but they they might have only used i don't know i think they used it too and i was trying to buy up all the remnants of it on MLS soccer because I think it's really strong. And then they came back one that it's almost like they took a program and said, can you mash our last two? <laughs> oh, no, they did the thing where they together. stick a shield inside of a bigger shield. <laughs> so they kept the circle. They're like, you want a shield? Here's a shield. Here's a shield. Here's another shield. But now there's a very thick outer ring that's divided. Um, it's almost... Two-thirds of it is blue, and it says CF Montreal, so it's still club to foot. They did not go back to impact. The bottom of the outer ring has the stripes, so reference back to when there was shield was divided in half with the stripes on the bottom. 1993, the founding date at the bottom. And then in the inner circle, breaking out the edges of it, is a shield in the shape of their first MLS crest that has the stripes behind it and a silver fleur-de-lis. Now, there's been a lot of jokes. If you look at it, it actually looks like a simplified figure who has a mask on top of his head who has his head bent down. Do you see that? Has his head bent down. Yeah, so imagine these are the shoulders. Oh, yeah. Here's the head, and he's bent down. Like some sort of bird man. He's like, a, yeah, someone in a bird mask with their head. It is, it is bird man looking down at the date. Um, yeah. And I think... To me, is it is a horrible example of, of design by committee. And I know I, we started this with talking about some of these initial changes are when the clubs don't listen to the fans. But there's also examples when, when you have to 
trust your decisions. Oh man, you know what's so crazy about this? Like this logo, you said design, like probably designed by committee, probably like so much money poured into this versus the thorns, which has an amazing logo, which yeah. is just that guy on his computer in one afternoon in Photoshop and they gave him season tickets for yeah. it. <laughs> I think they well, probably paid him too, but the article I read was you know like... It's ironic. A lot of the best badges and crests in MLS are all designed by one guy. Um, or Wolf. woman. I can't think of it. Oh, no. I'm thinking one specific person <laughs> oh, who one, did like LAFC, <laughs> who, did, um, who did the Chicago uh, badge, who did the uh, NYCFC. Um, uh, it's, no, it's... I think it's Wolf, right? Wolf sounds familiar, like double F. Yeah. Anyway, it's, it's by one person. And there's that kind of that singularity of, of vision, perhaps. But I feel like this one, if they had stuck a few years, it really would have it really would have caught on. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's, it's like anything. It's a fine line between knowing when to um, stick with your Jesse Marsh and when to fire your Jesse Marsh. Mm. And I think this is a situation. You stick with Jesse. You stick with your Jesse. <laughs> That's going to be our shorthand <laughs> term for a decision. To make t-shirts. <laughs> um, so anyway, MLS is back. That's just two examples. The fire went through a very similar thing, but they actually ended up with a great, um, a great badge that you can check out as well. Soccer is back. Soccer. And this is the time of the year where it's just, I have to edit myself because I can spend... Every minute of the weekend watching games. There's so There's a, a lot. A lot, a lot. There was the Carabao Cup today. Uh-huh. Congratulations, Manchester United. I always get it confused with caribou coffee. but Oh, it's not the same thing. It's an energy drink, though. So I guess it is similar. Oh, it actually is a drink. Yeah, I had to look it up because I, like, I saw the logo and I was like, what is that? What, what is it? It's the EFL championship? It's the League Cup. Carabao League Cup. But how does it work? I don't understand. So it's it's it? just it's, it's just it's just the Premier League competition no, outside. Wait, what is it? No. What is it, Maria? So FA Cup is like every team in England. Like yeah, like it's the open to all Arsenal to Church League. Yeah, I'm pretty sure League Cup is like just just if you're officially in the league, like League so Two, League Two to Premier League. To Premier, I, oh. I, <laughs> well. We will research. I know that it's the it's taken the least serious. I do feel bad for Newcastle that ch- their chance to win hardware at first time in oh, a long time. Man. Everything's heating up at both the top and bottom of the tables in England. U.S. soccer is going. NWSL must be starting any day mm. now as well. So women's U.S. women's national team is gearing up for the World Cup. It's they just, just won the She Believes the, Cup. Yes, the worst named cup. Oh, but the uh, it's awful. But it's really the last warm up. Mm-hmm. And there was some concern about them over the summer because they had some shaky, friendly matches and this whole idea that maybe Europe had really caught up and surpassed the U.S. But they did a – I thought it was a very strong showing. They beat some solid teams. Yeah. Um, There's just a lot going on. So it's exciting. And there's so much to talk about. So next week we are going to return to a random – and we had actually picked a country that we will now actually do. That country is – Peru. Peru. So going back to South America. That's right. I'm excited. I've seen there's a wide range, a wide range of design choices. <laughs> Those are always when there's a range, it's the most fun. Oh man. Okay. We will talk to you next week. Goodbye. Bye. 